Book of 2 Corinthians tonight, 2 Corinthians chapter number 12, 2 Corinthians chapter number 12, and that song ties right in with my message tonight, and I'm going to read from one of my uh, favorite passages of Scripture, and I don't know if this has happened to you, but depending on what I'm going through, I have different favorite passages of Scripture, or what I've experienced um, there's some that mean more to me today because I need them now. And uh, certainly uh, what I'm going to preach from, the text I'm going to preach from tonight, I think is something that all of us uh, need to keep in mind, some truths that all of us need to keep in view. And this afternoon, I really struggled uh, with uh, getting settled on the message to preach tonight. I had not intended, this really was not even on my radar as far as the message to bring this evening. There was two or three I'd been praying about. The Lord led me to uh, this message and this subject tonight. Uh, I think it is a good, there's, a, there's, there's truths that we need to be reminded of over and over and over again. And we need to be reminded of them when we need them. But we need to be reminded of them when we don't need them because we're going to need them. And so I want you to pay close attention to me tonight. Tonight might seem more like a Wednesday night Bible study, uh, but I want you to, to listen to what I have to say. Those that are uh, watching on live stream and listening on the radio, I'm certainly thankful for this technology. I wish we could all be together, but I certainly want everyone to pay uh, close attention to me tonight as we read from 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. We'll begin reading with verse number 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure... Through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. I think many of us, if not most of us, are fairly familiar with this passage of Scripture. Paul speaks of a, what he called a thorn in the flesh. Uh, there's a lot of speculation about what that could have been. Um, there's the, uh, I think most uh, seem to think hey, he, had some, he had a disease in his eyes. Uh, that's very possible. Uh, there's a lot of things that, that could be, have been, uh, but whatever it was, it was something that limited his flesh, limited his abilities. Um, from the surface, from a human perspective, if this was removed, I could serve God in a greater way. I'm sure the Apostle Paul is the only man in history who's ever thought that. That God, if I did not have this present in my life, I could serve you in a greater way. I'm certain the Apostle Paul, I mean, I mean, it's hard for us to relate to that, isn't it? Uh, that if I didn't have this burden, if I didn't have this infirmity, if I didn't have this uh, difficulty, if I didn't have this history of my past or whatever it may be, I could serve you in a greater way. And he had this, what he called thorn in the flesh. But notice, uh, he acknowledged that Satan, uh, it was a messenger of Satan to buffet him. He had, he, it was a spiritual battle for him to deal with it. But he acknowledged, lest I should be exalted above measure. This isn't my message tonight, but I want us to be reminded, God knows what we need to keep us humble. God knows what we need to keep us in dependence on him. I know and you know that the only way for us to please God is to live a life by faith. Isn't that true? Um, but God's got to keep us, or we have to allow ourselves to be kept in a place where we need to depend on Him. And uh, it's not a bad thing to have a thorn, if you will, uh, that we have to depend on God because then we live by faith. Let's continue reading verse number 8. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice. 
that it might depart from thee. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Now, verse number 8 tells us that he asked the Lord more than one time. It says thrice, Lord, would you remove this? Lord, would you heal me? Uh, Lord, would you make a way? And I wonder if he ever approached after asking God and hearing nothing from him, asking God and not getting the answer. I wonder if he ever, it ever, he ever had the conversation with himself or thought, well, God just doesn't, he's not hearing me. Well, God just doesn't want to do this for me. But that wasn't the case at all. And sometimes we have to be reminded that just because we don't hear and we're not going to hear an audible voice for God, from God, doesn't mean God doesn't hear us. And sometimes we'll pray, for example, please heal, and God chooses not to do it. It's not because He does not hear us. It's not because He does not care. But, well, Lord, if I didn't have this, then I could serve you in a greater way. Well, His answer may be the same as He told Paul. He answered Paul. He just didn't answer Paul in the way that Paul probably wanted to be answered. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my weakness is made perfect, and my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Don't lose verse 10. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. Hold on. The very infirmities that he went to God about in the first place, he now. According to verse number 10, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then am I strong. Paul was a messed up man, if you read this on the surface. He goes to God and says, I have this thorn in the flesh that Satan has just beaten, beaten me with. Lord, would you take it from me? Lord, would you take it from me? And we'll look at that word besought in just a few moments. God answers him and says, uh, my answer for you is I'm not taking that from you, but this is what I will tell you, that my grace is sufficient, or my grace is enough. Then Paul's approach was completely different. My infirmity was a great enough burden that I would go to God and say, please take it away. God, please remove it. And God's answer to me was so satisfying, not in that he took it away, but his answer, his solution, met my need in such a way that that which I went to God for in the first place, I'm now rejoicing in, taking pleasure in. Paul was a man just like you and I. Paul was flesh. Paul had limitations. Paul had a thorn that, from a human perspective, limited him greatly in serving God. But yet, God met that need in such a way that he no longer looked at it as a thorn, but he took pleasure in it. Do you think, and I'm going to ask you a question that we know the answer to already, do you think it's possible for you and I to have a burden in the year 2020 that we don't think we can endure, that's, that's making us weary, that we can go to God and say, God, would you take this away? 
would you change this? And for God to tell us no, but yet be so satisfied with what God does that we end up rejoicing in our burden, rejoicing in our adversity, rejoicing in our hardship. How is it, Christian, that Paul and you and I today can end up rejoicing in that which is burdened to say, if this had never happened, or if I didn't have this, or if I could change this, to be so satisfied with God's remedy, so satisfied with God's, God's answer that we say, well, I, that which I was sorry I experienced, I'm now glad I experienced it. As a young man, I hear Dr. Jack Howell say, I've never had a burden I wanted, but I've never had a burden that I wasn't glad I had. I never understood it. But if you put it in context of our text tonight, I don't want to carry this burden, and God, would you lift it? I don't want to deal with this thorn. I don't want to feel this way anymore. I don't want to have this weakness of flesh and inability in, in this this. It's just this limitation because I really have a desire to do more for God. I really have a desire. If I, God would take it away, but yet God give us such a satisfying remedy that that which we complained about having, that which we sought God to take away, we could end up saying, God, I'm glad you gave me that burden. God, I'm glad you allowed me to have that infirmity. So what is the key? What is the answer? It's in verse number 9. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. Tonight I want to approach this text from this standpoint of preaching on bringing a message just entitled Sufficient Grace. Sufficient Grace. What was it that took Paul from God remove? God remove. Satan is using this against me. Satan is buffeting or beating me. He's, he's hurting me with this. To go to a place where he says, I'm glad I have that. It's, it's that key. Sufficient grace. Father, help us tonight as we consider these truths. I pray they'll be helpful. I pray they'll be truths that we hold on to. I know we all may need them today, but if not all, many of us need what's going to be presented tonight. But I do know this, that if we all don't need it tonight, the day is coming when we all will need these truths. And Father, I pray that they'll be very real to us. I pray the Spirit of God will use them tonight. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Grace is often defined as God giving us what we do not deserve or God's unmerited favor to man, which is true. But I want to also approach this tonight with what grace does in our life as we see in our passage of Scripture. Often we as Christians and as preachers will make statements like, with God, you can face anything. With God, you can get through the darkest of times. Or we'll just say it as simply as, God will get you through it. And usually when we say that, 
Uh, we just don't know what else to say. We believe it to be true, but God, God will get you through that. And sometimes when it's us who needs to get through it, those words don't carry the weight that the person who's saying it thinks they have. Okay, God will get me through it. Can you give me an itemized list of how he's going to? Can you give me that remedy? Now, we, we should, I'm not saying we should not say these things because they're true. We need to be reminded God will get us through the darkest times. God's strength will carry us when we do not have the strength that we need. But God's grace, the Apostle Paul spoke of God's grace, and when he did, he was not speaking in context of infirmities removed. Well, God, I want you to remove this and God's sufficient grace. And that meant that Paul no longer had that thorn. Oh, no, that's not what Scripture tells us. It does not mean, and sometimes we think, well, God in His grace is just going to fix everything. Sometimes God doesn't fix anything. Sometimes He allows, as with the Apostle Paul, He allowed that thorn to work in his life the way God needed it to work in his life so that in the words of Paul, he would not exalt himself above where he should be exalted. Sometimes that weakness of flesh, which you and I wish that God would remove from us, would not keep us dependent on him, and we could not have the answered prayers, and we could not have the victories that we had if God had fixed everything. Can I say, God will make all things right when we're in eternity with Him. But in this life, as we experience burdens, as we deal with heartache, as we deal with affliction, weakness of flesh, or if I can say it like the context as Paul used it, our thorn in the flesh, God does not fix it by removing it. What does He do? He gives us sufficient Grace. Sometimes we fail to appreciate grace because we, we do not understand the reality of grace. We sing saved by grace. And if you're saved tonight, you're saved by the grace of God. But we ought to live in grace and by grace. The... the the favor that God allows, the strength that God allows. And I'll say more about that as we get into the outline. And let me do that now. Let me say, I'm going to make four statements tonight about sufficient grace. Number one is this. Sufficient grace is not the removal of or absence of heartache, hurts, disappointment, infirmities, and failures. I've already alluded to this, but when God says, my grace is sufficient for thee, that does not mean he is removing the heartache. It does not mean that you had a health problem before and now it's gone so that you can serve God in a greater way. It does not mean that that which has disappointed you in life is no longer there. It's no longer a disappointment. It doesn't mean we don't have our infirmities anymore. Sufficient grace is not the removal of these things. And I'm afraid 
a lot of Christians don't get the victory they could have because they have confused in their mind that if I ask God to remove this knowing that I could serve Him in a greater way or knowing I could have strength of spirit and I could do more for Him in our mind and God fix it, He's going to give me the grace, means that He's going to take it all away. That is not what this means. Now, I am with you, and I think we could all agree tonight that I would rather us all have health of body. But the reality is God allows some, even in this room, to have a, if I can use the same words, a thorn in the flesh, and you've got a physical ailment that you've got to live with. And if God was going to bestow His grace on me, He'd remove that. That's not what sufficient grace means. And I really believe we need to get this established in our mind, therefore we can really understand what it means to experience the grace of God in our life and the grace to carry on. Sufficient grace is not the removal of these things. Notice verse 7 and 8. We already mentioned it tonight, but I want you to notice what Paul did. He was aware of this thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, that would make logical sense if God, if you'd remove this, I could do more for you. You know my heart. You know my spirit. You know what I want to do for you. If you'd remove it, I could do more. But verse number 8, For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. Three times he besought the Lord. The word besought is more than merely asking. Paul, when he prayed, removed this thorn from me. It wasn't like, oh God, by the way, if you want to take this thorn away from me, that would be great. It is literally begging, imploring. Would you remove this thorn from me? It was something that limited Paul. Now, we've studied enough of the life of the Apostle Paul to understand his passion, his drive to please his Lord and to advance the cause of Christ. And there was something that limited him in his mind from doing more. He's going to realize this is one area his power came from, from this thorn. But he besought the Lord. He begged him. You ever been there? He begged him, but sufficient grace is not the removal. This may help somebody in this room. Grace does not... Heal all wounds, but grace, sufficient grace, allows you to continue in spite of the wounds. Grace does not remove the consequences of a backsliding Christian. I wish I could tell you, maybe somebody in here, you're struggling. There's things that you know that you're not right with God. You know there's some things you need to do or... Or maybe you've come back and there's some things that just haunt you from your past. I wish I could tell you that if you just get right, the consequences aren't there. That's not reality. But what I can tell you is grace will help you endure and get through the consequences. Because you reap what you sow. I reap what I sow. There is consequences. But grace does not remove those consequences. Grace gives us the power to endure the consequences. Grace does not remove the difficulty, but grace gives us what we need to endure 
the difficulty. As your pastor, as the pastor of this church, I have spent with many of you, I've spent times of struggle, of grief, of hardship, of regret. I've witnessed tears being shed. That, that, is, that is, not, is not the absence of those hurts that means grace is sufficient. It means that even in those times, the grace of God is evident to get you through them. And I'm afraid many times we look at God and we don't get from Him what we need because we think the grace of God just fixes the problem. That's not what we find in the life of the Apostle Paul. But we did find him imploring, God giving an answer, and the answer being so satisfying that he was then thankful. That leads me to the second point tonight. Sufficient grace is the right amount of grace at the right time. We have a concept of what grace is. Uh, Tomorrow... uh, 20 years ago tomorrow, God gave us Amanda. Tomorrow is Amanda's 20th birthday. Of course, she's been with the Lord for, 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 for many, many years now. And that God gave us the grace to get through her sickness, to get through her death. Well, what kind of grace was it? It was the right amount at the right time. If I could use that our situation and... That situation, as an example tonight, the Bible says, My grace is sufficient for thee. When Amanda was sick, God gave us the grace we need for every hospital trip, for every surgery. God gave us the grace we need before she was sick. I didn't know, I I didn't need that grace. I didn't know what that grace would be like. But God gave us the grace to get through that. And then when it was obvious that the Lord was going to take her home, that was a grace I had not yet experienced. It was a grace I knew I would need, but when did I get it? I got it exactly when I needed it. God, in His omniscience, gives us the right amount of grace exactly when we need it. And don't miss what the Bible says there is sufficient for thee. It is personalized. We are all different. I've had many say to me, well, Pastor, I, I, don't, I don't know that I could have gone through what you went through. I don't know how you could have gotten through it. I don't know how you had the grace, have the, you had the grace to get through that. The reason is because you didn't need that grace. I did. And each and every one of us has faced or will face something similar in the future, whether it's the consequences of our own doing or whether it's just what happens in life. Say, Pastor, I don't know in so many times, Pastor, can you help me with this situation? And this is what I'm facing. I don't know how I can get through it. Let me help you tonight. You don't need to know how to get through it yet because you're not dealing with it. But if God allows you to continue to walk in that path, He will give you the right amount of grace at the right time. You know the wonderful thing about that is? You don't even have to know how much you need. 
God does. You don't even have to know when you need it. God does. Imagine if you, some of you can relate very well to this, imagine if you got ill and the doctor gave you, what does he do? He gives you a prescription. And you go down to the pharmacy and you get the prescription with the instructions to take the right amount, the dose, at the right time. Uh, when you get there, they don't just unload the pharmacy in the back of your vehicle and say, well, good luck with that. Well, how much do I take? I just figure it out. You may feel like that from your doctor sometime, but uh, I, you know why? There's a, there's a prescription with an exact dose that you need. It's even more so with the grace of God because God's grace is endless. God could not give us all of His grace and just say partake of it when you need because it's endless. It, it, it's, it's, it's enough for all of us. So God gives us, if I can put it in these terms, the right dose right when we need it. You ever felt like you couldn't, weren't going to get through a day? How'd you get through it? Well, God gave you exactly what you needed. And, and we all do this. We all, fat, we, we all we need something today. We're already looking ahead tomorrow and say, I don't know how I'm going to we'll get what I need tomorrow. I don't know how I'm going to get through tomorrow. Uh, well, let me tell you how you're going to do it. God's going to give you the right dose today. If you'll just get up tomorrow and face your day, God will give you the right dose tomorrow. He'll give you exactly what you need when you need it. Uh, it is enough. It is the right dose, the right amount that you need. And don't miss, and I touched on it just a moment ago, but I want to I mention it again before, before I, I move on, it, that my grace is sufficient for thee. God knows exactly what you need. And what God does in the life of another person, He may not do exactly in your life. Because my grace is sufficient for me. My grace is sufficient for thee. My grace is, for, is sufficient for each and every one of us. His grace is sufficient for all of us, exactly what we need when we need it. And He will give us the right dose. Are you feeling burdened tonight? Are, are you feel, feeling like there's something in your life that if God would allow you to, to, to if He would remove it, you could do more for him. I'm sorry, he can't remove your old age. I mean, there's nothing, there's no, there's no remedy for that. Uh, you know, what, 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 what could I do? I could do more if he would, if I didn't have this. Well, let me tell you tonight, God will give you the exact amount of grace. Some of you tonight, you, you've said over and over, I wish I'd have got saved when I was young. I wish I had known. I could have saved myself. From wasted years, I could have saved myself from some scars. I could have saved myself from some missed opportunities. And now I have to live. Let me tell you something. You know how you can still serve God? God will give you the right amount of grace so you can keep going. And you can serve Him. And to, to fast forward ahead, what Paul said, therefore I glory in my affirmities. You know, I'm thankful for my testimony I'm thankful. I'm not one of these ingrates who, who wants to complain about, I, I had life so hard, I had to grow up in a Christian home. It was so hard for me. My parents took me to make me go to church. 
It was so difficult for me. They taught me morality. <coughs> man, life is so, man, you feel sorry for me? They wouldn't let me go out all night on Friday night. I'm a martyr. No, that's not me. I'm thankful I grew up in a Christian home. I'm thankful I grew up in an independent Baptist home. I'm thankful I was taught truth. I'm thankful I was taught right. You know, there's, I'm glad I have that testimony. Because as I look around at all the young people, we're going to share that testimony. And I hope that my testimony can be an example of their testimony that you don't have to go out in this world. You don't have to go out and experience for yourself to see if you're being lied to. Let me tell you, I've never been out there. I haven't lived a perfect life, but I've never left the things of God. I've never been out to the far country, and it's worked out pretty good for me. So I preached this morning, I am a blessed man. You don't have to tell me God has blessed me beyond measure. And I think part of it is because I've honored what I've been taught. I want my testimony to be an example to the testimony of the young people who have the privilege of growing up in a Christian home. But many of you in here, that don't register with you. That's not, that's not your testimony. But can I help you with something? There's a lot of people in this world that my testimony doesn't register with. Because they got saved later in life. Or they went out to the far country. If I had never done, well, God would have still, God used you, God would use you, not going out to the far country, but if you'll let by the grace of God, God use you, you can be a help to some others who might have made the same mistakes you made. It's sufficient grace. Sometimes, well, let me, let me put it in this, 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 this way, we'll move on to the next point. God does not give me grace for that which I have not yet experienced. Pastor, am I going to get through it? Well, when you need the grace, he'll give it to you. I do not know what tomorrow holds for me. I do not know what the next year holds for any of us. But I do know that whatever we experience, God's got the right amount of grace to get us through it. It's obvious by recent events that when 2020 started... God knew, we did not know that there would be some who would not be with us tonight. We didn't need the grace then. We need it now. And whatever we face in the future, can I, can I give you something to hold on to? God will have the right, well, I just don't feel like I can, I don't feel like I can go through that. You don't need it yet. You don't need that grace yet. But right when this keeps us dependent on Him, because right when we need it, let me tell you who's got it. God does. And He's got the right amount for you to get through it. I do not have the grace. God has not given me grace for that which I have not yet experienced, yet the grace I will need is already available. It's already there. I just don't need it yet. I'll use the, the prescription at the pharmacy illustration again. You know, if, if you're subscribed a medicine, an antibiotic that you need, why do they tell you to go to the pharmacy? Because it's already there. 
You've just got to go in there and give on that piece of paper that only who knows what's written on it, or it's, it's called in, and you pray that it's been called in, and then it's there. They don't have to go out and get all the chemicals and manufacture it and then get it ready and ship. No, it's there. You just got to go get it. And how great is this picture when it comes to our God? We don't need that grace yet to deal with what's coming in the future, but God's already has it. It's already available. It's already ready. So whenever life brings us our burdens, our trials, our thorn in the flesh, it's already there at, our, at God's disposal to give it to us exactly when we need it. Often, as I already alluded to, we'll look at the life of somebody else and say, I don't have the grace or the strength. I need to, to, to go through what you didn't need what they needed. Or we'll see something on the horizon and say, I don't know if I can do it. You don't need it yet. But when you need it, the right dose is available for you. That's what sufficient grace is. It's the right amount at the right time. Number three, as we consider this thought that the Apostle Paul had something that was limiting him to the effect that he would beg God multiple times to take it out of his life. The remedy was so great that he ends up glorying in that which he went to God to take away. That sufficient grace met that need. I hope we get a picture tonight of how wonderful that sufficient grace is. So how do we get this sufficient grace? Do we go down to the pharmacy and say, I'd like, a, I'd like a refill? Or would you like some sufficient grace? If you do that, have somebody film it, because I'd like to see that interaction there. No. So how do we get it? I'm going to tell you how to get it, and it's what we don't like. Number three, weakness is the key to sufficient grace. Doctors don't, or they shouldn't, they don't write prescriptions for healthy people, but for sick people. What is that sufficient grace for? Weakness. And he said unto me, verse 9, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect or complete or whole in weakness. There's one requirement for receiving God's sufficient grace. It's weakness. When we admit that we cannot take care of our need, His strength takes over. It is similar to salvation, the fact we are not saved until we admit that we cannot save ourselves. Until we admit that we have no remedy for our salvation. We have no remedy for our sin. That's when the grace of God is real and evident, for by grace are ye saved. We're not saved until we admit we don't have what it takes to save ourselves. The same is true for the victories in our life, not by the removal of an adver adversity, not by the removal of a heartache, not by the removal of a disappointment or a trial or a sickness or a thorn, but by the acknowledging of it, and the acknowledging of, I cannot do it, 
I'm not strong enough to deal with this. I'm not strong enough to endure this. I'm not strong enough to do what I need to do. My flesh is failing. My spirit is weak. And God says, you're in exactly the position you need to be. For my strength. The reason why I believe many Christians do not experience the grace that I'm talking about tonight is because they never get weak enough to receive it. When we humble ourselves, that's how we get God's attention. Well, well, Pastor, I, that's all great for the Apostle Paul, and that's great for brother so-and-so and sister so-and-so, but that's never happened for me. It's because you don't think you need it. You're not weak enough. And on that, let me ask some of you, how heavy you want God to make that burden before you're weak enough to need that strength? It's in our weakness. In many of us, many of us, we use our, our, our weakness as an excuse when it's the key to the power of God. It's when we say, I don't know, I don't have the answers to rear my children. I don't know exactly what we, they, they need. But God, I know that you know, and I don't know how to do this, but would you watch over, would you protect, would you give me the wisdom? Man, I have faced situations. I've still got kids at home, but there's been times when I there's just, you know I have to deal with one of my children, and, and it's just like I say, no, this is we're doing A, B, and C, and, and I start I start quoting all these things and saying all these things, and I walk away from that, and I say, where in the world did that come from? <coughs> it's because God gives me wisdom beyond what I didn't even know to do. The same is true with our physical strength. When we admit our weakness. That's when God gives us the ability to go on when we did not think we could go on. Weakness is when we realize we cannot save ourselves, we cannot heal ourselves, we cannot fix ourselves, we cannot comfort ourselves. In other words, we cannot make some things better in our lives. When we come in our weakness before God, His strength is perfected in us by sufficient grace. I believe that Paul, when he besought the Lord three times, I believe he was in the attitude and the spirit of not only is this thing, this, this, Satan buffeting me with this, and it's a burden, it's a hindrance, but with a heart that, God, I could do more for you if I didn't have to deal with this. And he also came with a heart of, God, I can't do what you expect me to do. Paul often expressed the burden that he carried. In 1 Corinthians and in 2 Corinthians, he gives in some detail of the beatings, the imprisonments, the care of the churches. And I have a physical limitation. It's, I, I can't do this, God. But God had an answer. Because you're weak, now it can be done through my power. Now it can be done through my ability. Because weakness is the key. There are times in our life when in our weakness we need to cry out to the Lord so that He can give us that perfect dose of grace, that strength. 
in him we can do all things. That's not, and you know, it gets quoted all the time, you know, uh, you know Philippians 4.13, these athletes, you know, I, I know I can do all things. No, 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 you're getting out there in your talent, in your strength, and all of it. You've been, you've been trained, you've been doing, hey, God had nothing to do with that. Uh, it is when we have nothing, no strength, that is when God does it. That is when God gives us what we need. Then number four, sufficient grace enables us to glory in our infirmities. This, that statement, glory in our infirmities, be thankful for the burdens, be thankful for the affliction, be thankful, doesn't that just grate your flesh? I'll be honest with you, it bothers mine. Because I want to do everything I can to not have an infirmity. Aren't we trained in this world? Don't show any weakness. Don't, 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 hey, don't let somebody get, get one. Don't let people disrespect you. Don't, you don't show any weakness. God says it's the opposite. But that sufficient grace not only allows us to endure, but enables us to glory in our infirmities. Paul said in verse number 10, Therefore, I take pleasure. I take pleasure. There, there are things that we all enjoy doing. There are things that we look forward to doing. These are things that we would take pleasure in doing. The, the, that same pleasure that we would take in enjoy, having some enjoyment, Paul says, I take pleasure in my infirmities. I wonder whatever his physical ailment was, that thorn in the flesh, I wonder if he tried to disguise it. I wonder if he tried to hide it. I wonder if he had tried to downplay it where nobody knew about it. But yet, in verse number 10, he says, I'm taking pleasure in my infirmities. He says he preferred to glory in his infirmity. Look at the end of verse number 9. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. At the end of verse number 10, when I am weak, then am I strong. Paul used his infirmities and he brought them to the forefront and lifted them up. Everybody in here has some strengths, has some talent. You may not have as much or you may have more than others. You may not have the same. But everybody in here has some ability in some area. We have some strength. We have some positive things about you. I'm trying to pump some of you up here. You know, I mean, there's, there's some good things about you. Well, what is it, Pastor? I, I'm not sure. I just know that God, 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 there's good things about everybody. Isn't that what we like to put up? Or, I don't, I'll, I'll use these words, I don't know if I mean them negative, but just show off. We put the front up with our strengths. There are some of you sitting in this room, you would serve God in a specific way, but you think you got to have the strength to show. 
that you could do it. That's not where Paul was. He had experienced a sufficient grace so that he said, Oh, I got this thorn, but look what God's doing in spite of it. I've got this infirmity, but look at what God is doing in spite of it. I have these reproaches. We spent some time with this in our, in our series on Wednesday night in Ministry Companions. The reproach of the Apostle Paul. The chains of the Apostle Paul. The, 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 the oppression because of association with all of these reproaches. All of the things that were said and all the things, the reproach he had. He says, I now take pleasure in them. What was his pleasure? The pleasure was the fact that God could get glory from it. Can you imagine what it's like when you have a, a, a shortcoming, you have a, a burden, you have a heartache, you have a disappointment, you've got something that, you, that you, was in your, is in your life that you wish was not there, but instead of quitting, you decide you're going to go on, and you say, Pastor, I'll go as far as my strength will take me, and what you'll discover is God will take you even further than that. God will provide for you. God will give you the strength. God will give you the comfort, exactly what you need, when you need it. And when it's all said and done, there's nothing left to say, but look at what God did. And Paul had experienced power after his infirmity like he did not know before his infirmity. God, Paul experienced a relationship with God after his Thorn like he did, and with his thorn like he did not know before. And then I think if we realize this, that it enables us to glory in our infirmities, then I think we can say, I never had a burden that I wanted. I've never faced a trial that I wanted. So I've never had a burden that I didn't want, that I wasn't glad I had. I never understood that when I was a young man. I still consider myself a young man. But I understand it now. And let me help you. Some of you, the very thing that you ask God to take away from you is the very thing that enables you to be used by God. The very thing that makes you a blessing is what we're asking God to remove. When we ought to accept that God allows certain things to come into our life, He allows certain shortcomings so that His power can be seen. We don't understand. We look and we see brothers and sisters in Christ deal with certain things have to endure disease and sickness. We're all guilty of this. I know I am sometimes. I say, God, if you just take that from them, they could do more for you. But from God's perspective, God would say, now, don't get me wrong, I'm not going to stop asking him on your behalf. You shouldn't stop asking on your behalf, but God may say, it's the way it is. But my grace is sufficient. 
if Paul was like a lot of Christians today, he's Pastor, I, 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 would, I, would, I would serve God in a greater way, but I have this thorn. And I just, I just don't think, it's, I'm not going to be able to do it. I, I'll do some things, but I'm just not going to do what God, I'm just not going to do that. If Paul was like a lot of young men today, well, Pastor, I, I, would, I would serve God, and I, I, would, I, would, I, would, I would serve God in a greater way, and I would, I would commit myself to doing what I feel like God had me to do, but I just don't have the ability that I need to do that. You know what we all ought to do tonight? With whatever burden you have, whatever thorn you have, whatever shortcoming you have, whatever broken heart you have, we got to go to God and say, God, would you remove this? But be ready. He may say no. And it's not because he doesn't love you. And it's not because he doesn't care. And it's not because he doesn't want to use you or he's done with you. It's because he wants you to realize that his grace is sufficient. If I can say it like this, it's better to have your thorn in God's grace than not to have the thorn and not have that sufficient grace. Oh, if we can get to the day when we say, God, I thank you for my blessings. I thank you for, and if you've got your health today, you ought to thank God for your health. But we ought to get to the place when our health goes. We still say, God, thank you for, 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 for using me. Thank you for uh, what you do for me. Thank you for giving me the strength in spite of. Thank you for giving me the ability in spite of my limitation. Thank you for allowing me to be used in, in spite of the things I've come through, in spite of the things I've overcome, only by the grace of God. Are we willing to acknowledge our weakness? That sufficient grace, oh, it's valuable. Not only is it valuable, it's available. But you have to admit first that you need it. You have to get to a place where, God, I, I, I don't think I can do it. And when you get to that place, that is not a sign that God is done with you. That is not a sign that God is through with you or that God can't use you. It's, it's, it puts you, you're in a position where His grace is sufficient. It's just enough to use you. Just enough that you can have goals for him fulfilled, that you can get through another day. Let's tap into that sufficient grace.